COVID-19 vaccinations have reached the county and some residents are now receiving their first doses of protection. On this episode, hear who's getting vaccinated and when it will be your turn. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. Johnson County is following the state's COVID-19 vaccination plan, which calls for healthcare workers and then older adults to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Here to talk more about that is Johnson County Local Health Officer, Dr. Joseph Lamaster. Thanks for being here, doctor. No problem, Teresa. Glad to be here. All right. So first off, you're actually getting your vaccination today. Can you, or just got your vaccination. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how that went? No problem at all. I could hardly feel a thing. Very similar to a flu shot, I assume? Even less. Wow. Okay. So when you got the vaccination or just prior to it, what kinds of thoughts going through your mind? I'm sure you weren't without concern, but um, what what are you thinking about? Well, of course, you know, there has been lots of information going around about people having a vaccine reaction. Um, Remember, though, that the number of people who've actually had severe vaccine reactions is extremely low. I think we've had from people that have had severe reactions, it's sort of like six out of a million people who have been vaccinated so far. So the numbers are almost infinitesimal. Um, and much less than other types of vaccinations that have had reactions, which we've been giving routinely, uh, both to ourselves and to our children for a large number of years. So I was really not too concerned, but went through the whole process uh, just as everybody else is doing. And I think you mentioned you got the Pfizer vaccine. Is that right? I thought it was going to be the Pfizer, and, the, and that was the information I had, but it ended up being the Moderna. And as, as with all the other uh, physicians here at KU Hospital, I don't have any choice about which vaccine I get. I get what's there. So is it pretty typical that if you have any um, adverse reactions, it's going to happen within those 15 minutes, or is it possible that it could happen after? Um, the, re- the warnings are that if you've ever had an anaphylactic reaction before, that means where you got a shot or you had an exposure such as a bee sting uh, and you were not able to, you were unable to breathe or had a very, uh, a lot of wheezing or a lot of hives or something like that, either in reaction to a vaccine or to uh, another type of exposure. Uh, the likelihood is that within 30 minutes, anything like that would show up. And from what I understand, they have things ready to go if you if you do have some sort of adverse reaction like that to, to help. Absolutely. You. It, they're right there. They're all, all of the emergency personnel and nursing staff are right there ready to go. All right. So why is it so important that healthcare workers get vaccinated for COVID-19? Well, healthcare workers are exposed more because we're taking care of patients in the hospital that have COVID-19. When I'm an inpatient physician uh, at KU, I'm actively caring for people on inpatient units that we know have COVID. It's different than just being around patients that might potentially have COVID. We know these people have COVID, so the exposure is real. Of course, we still are wearing protective personal uh, equipment, so that that protects us, and it has protected me so far, uh, and I believe that that's that we haven't had any incidences uh, at KU of somebody getting COVID from caring for a patient, but that's why we're first in line. It's because of that. 
So since the start of the pandemic, we've been very concerned about the strain on the healthcare system. And when healthcare workers have to isolate or quarantine, that reduces the staff available to care for COVID patients and others. And so I imagine that goes into to why it's so important also for healthcare workers to get vaccinated. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the most important thing, of course, remains even after the vaccine, that we continue doing everything we have been doing in terms of of um, wearing masks and social distancing and all the rest of it. And so what kind of response have you seen from healthcare workers? I know that there are some who are probably somewhat reluctant to get the vaccine, but are you seeing a sense of relief or excitement or, or what's happening there in the hospital? Uh, all of that. I have not uh, talked to any healthcare workers or heard of any healthcare workers who are saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. As far as I've been contacted, as, as far as that goes, we've actually had people contacting us saying, when can I get the vaccine? So it's more the other way around. People are wanting to get it, excited about getting it, um, want it to be uh, possible for them, wondering when it's gonna be possible for them. I know that vaccine is fairly limited right now. Are all healthcare workers already vaccinated or is it still happening kind of a, on a slow, slow rollout? Well, it there certainly is on a rollout. And of course, there are certain places where it's happening and others where it's not. You know, not every doctor's office has got it uh, and is and is giving it. So uh, we're obviously giving it at the public health department. It's being given at KU Hospital and at certain other places. There are, are uh, clinics where you get an appointment to be able to do that kind of uh, vaccination, uh, you know, in the time when it's your appointment. When I When I got here today, there was a, a, a queue, a, a line to stand up. They checked me in and there were people in front of me and people behind me. And then they're just running people through as quickly as they can safely. Uh, so there's, it's, we're, we're doing it as fast as we can, but there's still a lot of people to vaccinate. And as you say, somewhat limited supply. Thankfully, uh, the president signed the, uh, the uh, stimulus bill, which also will help us with the rollout of the vaccine to some degree. So uh, it's all proceeding, but it's just going to take time to get everybody done. In addition to being the local health officer for Johnson County, you you work as a physician in the hospital. Can you talk about your role? And that's that's where you're at right now, right? That's right. Uh, my one of my other uh, roles at KU Hospital is I'm an inpatient attending. That means I work both with uh, residents in training on family medicine and directly with patients in the hospital, taking care of COVID patients as well as other patients on a routine basis. So that's part of my other role that I do. So you've really seen firsthand how this, this pandemic has impacted individuals and their families. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's really very sad to see. Now, um, I'm not an ICU doctor. I'm, there are different levels of inpatient attendings taking care of people. So remember that when you get sick and you have to go into the hospital with COVID, if you are having low oxygen, uh, not everybody ends up in the ICU. So the group that I work with are taking care of the patients before they get sick enough to have to go into the ICU, if it takes them a while to get to that point, and then after they come out, after they're doing a little bit better. But even the patients that we're taking care of who are not in the ICUs and are the, not the sickest patients are really pretty sick. Uh, they've had, they have very uh, difficult to control uh, oxygen levels, some of them have had problems with kidney failure or stroke or other types of uh, severe problems that have to do with the blood clotting effects of COVID. So we are taking care of some, some of the sickest patients we ever take care of are COVID patients. 
and people have kind of described the pandemic as as a marathon. So how how much of an impact has this had on healthcare workers where they're just not getting a break? Well, I think it's been extremely tiring for all of us this year. Um, you know, we've had to take our, our breaks or and our vacations in in uh, in turn. You know, uh, teaming up with other people so that we got any kind of a break at all. Um, thankfully, we have got a really supportive healthcare system, but we have had problems maintaining staff. And the main problem that we've had has not been because people couldn't get away on vacation, but because people were getting sick too much at the same time. People were either exposed to COVID or themselves had COVID or other illnesses. So we weren't able to staff the ICUs and the hospitals uh, in the way that we needed to. Uh, that is getting a little bit better. Recently, we've had a little bit uh, of a breather because of the the, uh, the uh, surge that we expected to happen after Thanksgiving was not as bad as we thought it was going to be, uh, but it was still bad enough. And so we are still battling uh, the problem of not having enough staff. All right, and uh, back to, to talking about the vaccine rollout. Next up are um, residents of and staff of long-term care, is that right? I think some of that is starting today. My understanding is that CVS and Walgreens have got the vaccine now and that they're starting that rollout today. So that should, uh, we should start seeing some of that happen directly through them. They are not arranging that um, directly through the county. They have a direct contracts with the state so uh, that are happening with each of the, of the uh, nursing homes, long-term care facilities have got contracts with CVS or Walgreens to get that vaccine. So that's already starting. As far as I'm aware, it is starting today. And how important is it for that population to get vaccinated, you know, second in line, essentially? Oh, well, I mean, it, it's extremely important. As you know, um, uh, the predominant, the, the largest proportion of deaths in uh, Johnson County and the Kansas City area among people who had COVID was in that population. Those people that are over 70, over 80 are much more likely uh, to, to die if they are hospitalized with COVID. So it's extremely important. Uh, we've also been battling uh, outbreaks in those long-term care facilities right from the beginning of the COVID outbreak and continue to do that. So that's an important uh, group of people to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. All right. And just as a reminder, uh, this is not like the flu vaccine in that you actually have to get the two doses to get your full protection. Can you talk about that? Right. So uh, the vaccination, as soon as it happens, uh, starts working in your uh, immune system. And so you're not instantly protected from COVID the moment you have the vaccine. Uh, it takes somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 10 days for that uh, immunity to rise up to about the point of about 50%. Um, and, and then when you have a second vaccine, it goes up to 95% protection. So it's, it's happening as a result uh, of your immune system gradually building up the, its response to that, that protein so that, if, uh, so that the antibodies are there. And if you get exposed then afterwards to real uh, co coronavirus, then your body is ready to react about that. But the second vaccine uh, increases the, uh, the amount of response up to that 95% efficacy that we've been talking about. All right. And just last question. I know that it's critical for the population to get, get vaccinated because we need to reach herd immunity. Can you talk about what that is and, and why that's important? Right. So what herd immunity actually means is that there are enough people with immunity either having had the, vac the vaccine or the disease itself um, so that 
the, 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 the virus as it's spreading through the population can't find enough people that still are susceptible to it. And so it can't propagate through the community anymore. There's not enough people who are still susceptible for them to have enough contact with each other frequently enough for that to keep going. You know, we, talk, we talked right from the beginning about this re base, basic reproduction rate, which means uh, how, many, how many people will be infected by a person who's got COVID. And you want that to be less than one. And when we get to herd immunity, which is about 60 to 80%, it's really difficult to know with this vaccine exactly what percent it will need to actually cause things to start falling apart for the virus, as it were. Um, but we think that, that, uh, that once we get to that proportion of people who've been vaccinated, plus we still have people who are, have, have been, had uh, the virus or have been asymptomatically infected and didn't know it. So there's a small proportion of those that contribute to that immunity. As soon as we get to that point, uh, then we'll have herd immunity and, and hopefully the reproduction rate will drop and we'll see the numbers just start uh, dropping really, really quickly after that. It should put back down to maybe even less than where we were in March. All right. And we all want that for sure. So when That's it's your sure. turn, get vaccinated, right? That's right. And we also have with us Dr. Ryan Jacobson. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. All right. Well, first off, can you just remind us of your role with the county? Sure. I'm the medical director for the fire and EMS agencies in Johnson County. Okay. And so this episode, we're talking about the COVID-19 vaccination and among the healthcare workers getting vaccinated this week, the EMS staff. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so it's exciting. Um, part of the way we fix this pandemic is hopefully get as many folks vaccinated as possible. And I know we talked uh, many months ago when the pandemic initially hit about the process of screening to to gather more information during those 911 calls about potential COVID patients. Can you talk about how that's kind of evolved? Yeah, so the pandemic has offered us the opportunities to expand and do things that we normally would have never done. And one is to do some enhanced caller interrogation through dispatching the 911 center. And certain call types, uh, difficulty breathings, uh, certain sick, ill subject, fever, those types of complaints will get uh, a flag basically by the dispatch center that this patient could have COVID or COVID-like symptoms are present in that facility or by that caller. So that alerts the fire and ambulance crews that are responding that there's a potential COVID patient there. So it's just one extra layer of precaution that the dispatch center is able to offer to the providers to help keep them safe. All right. Well, we talked to Dr. Lamaster a little bit earlier in the episode, and he got his vaccination today. Very excited to do that. And I know you recently got your vaccination. Uh, can you talk about how long it's been since you had that and then any you know impact from that? Yeah, I got it two weeks ago, uh, almost two weeks ago. Um, and no different than a flu shot or a typical vaccine, uh, just a little bit of a sore arm. And that lasted for maybe a day, day and a half, like a typical vaccination would happen. I've had zero symptoms or any concerns about it since, so it went very smoothly. And that's what I've heard from all of my colleagues and peers across the country who have been getting their vaccines. Uh, their healthcare workers, nobody that I've heard of has had any complication or side effect other than a sore arm. All right. And you still have your booster to get, is that right? Yes. So 21 days for the Pfizer vaccine and 28 days for Moderna. There's a little bit of wiggle room around that, but yeah, there's a booster required. And I know we've had some people uh, have some questions about how they'll be notified or when they need to go in to get that booster. Uh, so can you talk about that process a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so 
part of that the obligation is on the uh, the administrators of the vaccinations to make sure that they have enough vaccine on hand to get the second follow-up booster shot. Um, for instance, uh, my shot was at the University of Kansas Medical Center, and you make the second appointment at the time you're there um, to ensure that you've got the right time frame and that they've got the vaccine for you to get your second dose. So it's a fairly logistically challenging problem, specific, specifically for long-term care facilities. How do you get uh, folks that are in and out of facilities that may get one shot? How do you follow up and get the second shot? There's a lot of discussion regionally about how to get these logistics and operations done, but I'm confident DHE and uh, Johnson County can get this done. All right, so very important though that people continue to follow the safety precautions uh, as this rollout is happening, is that right? Yeah, we don't know the effect of the vaccine on transmission. Um, and so there's really no data on that if you're vaccinated um, after you get your booster and you uh, develop some immunity, hopefully, uh, what your ability to transmit is. We just don't know that. There's no scientific data to show that. And until we get, you know, millions and millions and millions of people across the country vaccinated and get more data on this, um, you know, this, the same guidance still stands. All right. Just last question. Uh, what's your message to, to our listeners about getting the vaccine? I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm very much in support of vaccines, um, and I think they have done a lot of great things for the world over uh, the past decades. And I think this is one of the only ways that we're ever going to open back up and get back to normal. Um, I'm excited. It did feel like we were going on the offense briefly and doing something aggressively to kind of get us back to where we used to be, which is I think everybody's goal and hope is to go to concerts, uh, go to games and uh, family gatherings and all the things that you long for. Um, I can't wait for that to come back. And this is one of the ways, uh, one of the boxes that we tick to get back um, to doing that. So hopefully, um, you know, as the spring and summer approaches and we get the community and we get the country vaccinated, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to fix this. All right. Perfect. Great information and great message there. And for more information about COVID, go to our website at jocogov.org forward slash coronavirus. Thanks for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.